0: Now on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, this is Sports and Faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special episode of Sports and Faith on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I am your host, Bill Snyder, and on today's program, I am so blessed to be joined by Lisa Hill. Lisa is the mother of Lauren Hill. She was a basketball player at Mount St. Joseph's University and also a brain cancer victim. The specific condition that she struggled with was DIPG. It typically strikes children between five and eight years old and it has no cure. And Lauren Hill's story was received incredible amounts of national attention. Lauren ultimately succumbed to the disease on April 10th of 2015 but if you watched the news, if you watched the sporting news, you saw a a woman with incredible strength. So Lauren is being inducted into the Sports Faith Hall of Fame as a inductee this year in the 2016 class, and we're just so blessed to have Lisa with us to talk with us about her daughter and her daughter's life and her incredible strength and faith. So thank you, Lisa, so much for joining us here on this episode of WSFI's Sports and Faith. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So, Lisa, I want to begin with with Lauren's beginning. And tell me about growing up with Lauren, your home life, her as a kid and her dreams and aspirations.
1: Lauren was kind of a quiet, reserved kid. She wasn't my outgoing out of all three of them. She kept to herself a lot, but she really enjoyed the outdoors and was big in Girl Scouts up until like her sophomore year and sports from, gosh, pre-kindergarten all the way up and until and she passed away obviously she played soccer a majority of the time she started out maybe about five four or five years old playing soccer and played up until throughout her junior year and even that she did a spring club soccer and then basketball was her second sport that she played as well she picked it up maybe her sixth grade year and really became passionate about it her sophomore year of high school I think during that season She just had a really good coach, and he was able to mold her and and show her what what she could give and push her in a certain way that she had never been pushed before, and she just really thrived on the basketball field, and it became a passion for her. And she pretty much was hyper-focused on whatever, whatever she was doing, whether it was school. So she was quiet. Her small, intimate group of friends knew her well. I don't know how well people really knew her in school unless they knew her off the court because she would concentrate so much on getting her schoolwork done in the classroom So she was freed up to concentrate on sports. But ultimately, she she gave 110% no matter what task she was doing. And that made her... Very unique because she didn't like to mess around at practice. She was there to practice. She often got frustrated at the girls who would horse around at practice and not take it seriously. So she was very ambitious and driven pretty much her whole life.
0: In high school it was a turning point in her basketball and obviously she was talented enough to go on to college and play in four games or, or play for a Division three right. school and so I want to ask you just a little bit about more about the high school aspect of her life and and just about her as growing up as you said with peers and with and all of that how did faith form her in those high school years you mentioned she was hyper focused was was faith and was faith an active part of her life in high school
1: Lauren was always with spiritual believed in God and we're not Catholic but we are religious and we believe in God and Jesus and go to a Christian non-denominational church and she very much was faith-based believed in heaven and just gosh a lot of the simple things that we should all be living by the golden rule and I know a lot of those kind of stemmed out through Girl Scouts and just respecting people and living to do your best and be your best and serve others and those weren't embedded with her all the way through her young age, through high school, whether it was just different avenues, through church, through Girl Scouts, just she was nice to everybody and respected everybody. Doesn't mean she would hang out with them all the time because they weren't exactly her people or whatever, but she was very respectful and and she was known for that as as being nice to everybody and not judgmental and that part of her was really exciting if you did get to know Lauren off the court or off the field not at school she was very silly sarcastic she had a great sense of humor loved to dance and just like laugh and have fun watch movies she could read books like a crazy woman she was able to put book down in just a couple of hours she'd come home sometimes with a new series book that came out in her series. and go, hey, so-and-so's mom dropped off the new book, and then she'd come down at supper time, and it would be done. <laughs> so I was like, well, what kind of entertainment factor is that if you can put it down in two hours? She was like, I'll read it again. Don't worry. Uh, but um, <laughs> Yeah, so she she was just very tenacious and ambitious and um, just easygoing, and she was very for coaches, very mod- moldable. She always wanted to do her best and improve, and And I think that just defined who she was all along and getting cut from the soccer team her senior year, which in retrospect was probably because she wasn't a high-performance player because she was suffering from a brain tumor that harbored and we didn't even know existed yet. But through that outcome, she was able to learn to stick up for herself and go back into the coaches and ask a lot of questions on why she was cut and just stick up for what she believed in. And I think that was just a defining character moment to give her momentum for something that she was going to need down the road that she just didn't know yet.
0: Mm, it's incredible. And all of this maybe came to a head in this powerful prayer experience that uh, she had uh, with this prayer service in January of 2014, getting a diagnosis, and maybe you can take us through just the emotions of getting a diagnosis and hearing those words, you have inoperable, incurable brain cancer.
1: I think for, Lauren was diagnosed November 20th of 2013, and I often refer to it as a fog when people are first diagnosed with something terminal and or parents that it's their child. You go through a certain period of months where you're just in disbelief you you don't even know what's happening your mind just can't like grasp the whole it just can't be comprehended it's just so devastating that you walk around in what i call a fog because your life had just turned upside down and how did this happen why is this happening what are we going to do how are we coping with it it's just so much and it's so overwhelming all at once that you just walk around literally for months as a zombie. And Lauren had spoken, we had had a conversation and she was upset and crying and wanted to know why, why this happened to her. Why was it DIPG? Why couldn't it have been breast cancer or leukemia or something else that was, had a better care rate. And of course, as a parent, you can't answer for those things. And I just don't have the answers. So I said, I don't I don't know why this is happening. The only person that knows is God, and he's the only one that knows why. But I can tell you that there's a reason he picked you. There's some reason. But I don't know what it is. I don't agree with him. I think it's a crappy card. <laughs> but there's a bigger plan. I just don't know what it is. And between that conversation and her doctor had had a few talks with her about how pediatric cancer is so underfunded as a whole, not just DIPG, but as a whole, which is devastating enough. You take that in on top of that, that here we are fixing breast cancer and all these other major cancers and big people cancers, but we let our kids die because we don't care enough to fund it. And it comes down to business. That's a whole different argument with drug companies, and it's the almighty dollar, and it just makes me sick on a lot of different ways. But between Lauren taking and all those, in January, after having a few of those sidebar conversations along the way, she had, had spent some time in her room and just had a good prayer session or talking to God and trying to figure out why this happened to her. And she pretty much told him, okay, this is the card you gave me, so I'll, whatever you need me to do, then I'll just do it, and I'll just trust in you that you know what you're doing and go from there. And nothing ever really came of it. We had met a few people along the way, and Lauren became an ambassador at the Hyde Park Blast, which is through the Cure Starts Now, which is based here out of Cincinnati, and she did a few interviews, and to promote the event that was pretty much it and guess in July we had gotten an MRI that the tumor had grown or there was some growth in it but we weren't sure if it was swelling or actual growth and we went ahead and enrolled her in school and got got her ready to go to college because that was so important to her that was her goal to go on and play college ball at the next at the next level she wanted to do that that was her aspiration her dream and she didn't want anything to stop her from doing that so we went ahead and rolled her into school and got her into classes and her two favorites that she never missed was religion class mount st joe's a catholic college and they really got to sit and analyze, I guess, the Bible, and she loved Professor Trokin and loved that class, and art, which is another major outlet, but heck, those are two good outlets. <laughs> those are really two good outlets for her to find some, some guidance through all of this craziness and then in October, we'd gotten another MRI. We were getting MRIs about every three months. And at that point, we knew that the tumor was grow, growing and that we were in progressin- progression stage and it wasn't just swelling. Sure. And, of course, you know, then the coach got involved and they got the game moved up. And a local story happened to pick up that we were moving the game up and what was going on and as we know that story ended up going national and even global and everybody started picking it up at that point and it was overwhelming we didn't ever anticipate to become public with this fight or famous lauren didn't wasn't her aspiration to be famous or public at that point and lauren's like this is crazy why is it going on i'm like mm-hmm. i don't know but god's throwing stuff at your footsteps and Maybe we're meant to walk through them for a purpose, you know, for a reason. Certain avenues just happen, and you're meant to take a certain path. So maybe we should consider doing this and and consider it strongly. And we all agreed as a family that that was important to at least attempt to do it. And if things made sense for interviews, then we would do them. If they were just crazy and we didn't feel like... They made sense in our gut, then we would say no. But for most of it, we probably did most. I'd say good ninety, ninety percent of things. We went ahead and just did, as they were doors that were opening for a reason, mm-hmm. and. I guess the rest is history. <laughs>
0: it's just this a beautiful story, and I'm so excited to be able to share it with our listeners on W S F I. And it just is so evident that the Holy Spirit is all over this story and all over your lives, even through an unimaginable, uncomprehendable for most of us tragedy. And, and it's
1: just a faith. I think you know you just have to have faith that doors doors are open and closed, and you may not like them, but. I think there's lessons and there's reasons behind all of them and i think that's what we focused on and she quickly learned hope is a double-edged sword and you can hope for that miracle and you can believe hope that we get a miracle and it's going to be saved but realistically the odds were just not the odds in that happening were so slim to none it it would just make you crazy going yeah we hope that god like spares her and she's a miracle and she's going to be the change and every parent fighting the IPG believes that but on the same token it's so hard mentally and emotionally to keep believing in something that you know is probably not going to happen that the only alternative we could come up with was to go ahead and like go through those doors that were opened in front of us and pl- place our faith that in hope we could change the future. That there probably isn't anything we can do to save Lauren because it truly is in God's hands and He may or may not spare her. But in the meantime, we can hope to change the future outcome for all these other kids by getting people involved and letting people know that research is needed funds are needed to do the research we're not getting it from the government so it has to come from the private sector and just people having heart to care and that is so that was important to her especially when you're dealing with kids that are five to eight years old they don't have the voice they don't have an articulation that can even explain to their parents how they're really feeling because they just don't have the vocabulary, much yeah. less go out and tell the world that we need help here. Something and, has to change.
0: And your daughter did that with with every every moment of her of her life. We we have to take a short break here, Lisa, okay. on WSFI Sports and Faith. But we're going to come back and we're going to continue talking about this incredible inspirational story. So right back after this here on WSFI's Sports and Faith. I'm your host, Bill Snyder. You're listening to the voice of Lisa Hill. Hello, I'm Bill Wennington from the Church of St. Mary's and the Chicago Bulls. I, I believe Catholic radio is important for all of us out there listening to help us through days when maybe our faith is being challenged by many different obstacles that are put in our way. and. It's a chance to reflect and just think and hear stories from other people that maybe are going through the exact same issues that we are going through and how they have struggled and how they are getting through their problems today. six zero zero four eight donations of any amount are greatly appreciated did you know that you can listen to WSFI local programming on demand full episodes of pro-life today WSFI spotlight healing the whole person bursting forth in sound along with our novenas prayers and devotions are available on your mobile device or online for iPhone and iPad users open the already installed podcast app and search for WSFI Then click subscribe. Android users need to visit the Google Play Store, download the Stitcher app, create a free account, then search for WSFI. Add us to your favorites playlist by clicking the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner of the screen. The full archive of local shows is also available at WSFIRadio.org. Need help? Call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed-rate annuities, Call 847-548-MAT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. Did you know you can listen to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio online? Visit WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. That's WSFICatholicRadio.org and click on Listen Live. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this episode of WSFI's Sports and Faith on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. I am Bill Snyder. Today, my guest is Lisa Hill, the mother of Lauren Hill, college basketball player at Mount St. Joseph University in Ohio. And I just want to ask you, Lisa, a little bit about Lauren's playing career. You mentioned that. The the NCAA moved up the games, to so that Lauren could play in an NCAA game and fulfill her dream of playing college basketball. Can you just talk with us a little bit about that fulfillment of the dream? There there was so much attention that they actually had to move venues. <laughs> into... They
1: did, and you know that was a choice Lauren had to make whether she wanted to play on the home court of Mount Saint Joe or if she wanted to move the venue. And she knew that, gosh, there was such a huge outpouring and interest in her story that she decided to go ahead and and change the venue so more people could get involved, more people understood the story. And gosh, they sold out 10,250 seats in like less than an hour, which is just insane. And she, I think for all of us, it was really hard to comprehend that that had happened. Here you are, just have... we're just a normal average family that goes to soccer basketball games both of us work and (laughs) drag our kids around to their sporting events and just do normal family things we're not anything special we're just like everybody else trying to work your way through the world so to have something that magnitude happen was just like holy cow what just happened (laughs) but it was nice that Hiram agreed to come down and NCA granted us to move the game up early because obviously the longer we we stayed off and let the weeks go by the worst condition Lauren would be in and she would continue to deteriorate and with the IPG you don't know what the tumor is going to attack or what nerve it may shut off so every given day is a blessing just the way you have it without it getting any worse so to get to the big game day was just huge and at first I didn't think she would play because she wasn't feeling very good but she was able to be around the team and all the energy of everybody else and that just picked her spirits up and just fed her soul and she was able to muscle up the energy to, excuse me, get out there and, and play in the game the best that she could.
0: It was such an incredible story watching it unfold on all the major sports outlets in this country I mean, it was on every sports news anchored event that evening of November 2nd Right. And it just yeah. it, it just was incredible I think,
1: yeah, it's just inspiring to everybody because, you know, like in the core, when it comes down to it, it's life, hand you lemons, make some lemonade. The moral is don't ever give up on your dream. Things get tossed at you, but you just keep going. You don't quit if that's really what your heart desires. And she was going for it. She wasn't going to let anything hold her back. And even if she wasn't able to play, she was still going to be there in a wheelchair if she had to. And and sit behind her team and cheer them on that was her plan b so yeah luckily she got to play in the game
0: i want to ask you uh, briefly about this you you just said never give up and mm-hmm. and and that was your daughter's motto but at the same time another national story was unfolding which was the britney maynard story and for those who may not remember that, Brittany Maynard was a 29-year-old woman who actually moved from California to Oregon to have a right to die, and take a pill and end her life. She had a similar brain cancer, not the same brain cancer, but it was a terminal brain cancer, and Brittany chose to end her life on November 1st, 2014. Now here's your daughter with even probably a worse brain condition than what Brittany had, and your daughter decided not to quit. She decided to play, so here is somebody with an incredible strength, an incredible passion, incredible faith, who decides to play in a game and here's another young woman who said, I'm going to give up. I'm just going to quit. And these two paradoxes, just can you give us some input and your perspective on on those two parallel stories.
1: It's really interesting where things come up and how people react to them. Lauren is a driven person, and that was embedded in who she was every single day. And she had a strong, strong dream to play basketball at the college level, and that's what she wanted to complete in her life before it was done. That's what drove her. That's being part of the basketball team is what kept her mentally going every single day. I don't what Brittany was had in her mind, or what her dreams or aspirations were. I don't know. Maybe she felt like she accomplished everything. Lauren and I talked about it. We can't judge her because we're we're not in these people's shoes, and you don't know how you're going to feel until you are diagnosed with a terminal illness. I can tell you, as a mom, thoughts do come into your mind that when it gets bad enough, and you're watching your child suffer and die, and they're not doing, they're to the point where they're not functional, and you do sit there and you think, we treat our animals better than we treat people, because if it was my dog, we would have put them out of their misery, but let we're letting Lauren suffer and be in so much pain and have to drug her so badly that she's not even cognizant to the world, do have those thoughts. So I can't judge Brittany. For me, do I think she did it prematurely? Yeah, I think she still had a lot of life to live before she would have ever gotten to that point, but I can't say shame on her. She has to answer to the big guy, not me. If you're still breathing, talking, and able to go out and do something fun for the day, why not live life and make another memory?
0: Absolutely. And your your daughter's faith just was so incredible. Even she said oh. I, I gracefully gracefully assaulted the floor when she oh, would yeah. fall. I mean, how awesome is that? There's there joy in in the suffering i think for your for your daughter maybe what i'm hearing you say and the the other thing i think was was incredible was just the, the never quit attitude i mean it just really is something that sports imbues in you it 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 fills you up with and also it, it teaches us to embrace the cross a little bit and and your daughter you mentioned was in these religion classes at Mount St Joseph's yeah. And she learned a little bit about Elizabeth Ann Seaton and and how she suffered and how and how she wanted to model that and and how beautiful is that? D- did you see in those final days? And it had to be incredibly hard. I mean, to watch your daughter die as as you painted a an incredible picture for us. But what was that like seeing her embrace the cross?
1: It wasn't anything like surprising for me. I guess she was faith based throughout her whole life and was baptized so it was part of her core and was and it didn't surprise me. I love that she understood that we may not understand his purpose and you'll get what that is when you, you get to heaven and he explains everything to you but at this point you can only do what's handed to you and that, that became her pur- purpose and that became her mission and she believed 100% that if God gave her it was meant that she was supposed to be a voice and fight for all these other kids and make sure that nobody or as many people knew about it so that there could be a change. And that was so faith-based in her that that was her driven purpose from Mm -hmm. God. That's what she focused on. And she loves hearing about Elizabeth Ann Seton because she got a lot of bad cards. But she never let it stop her from from living or moving, moving on to make new memories or do the best that she can to just keep pushing forward. And that's what Lauren did up until she couldn't do it anymore.
0: There's no words. I want to ask you, as we're kind of getting ready to wrap up this interview, just about how we can help keep... Lauren's memory alive. Obviously, she's being inducted into the Sports Faith Hall of Fame this year, and we're so excited to call her a Hall of Famer.
1: I can't. It's just it's hard for me to comprehend all this. It's just so overwhelming because she's to me she's just Lauren, but uh, she just inspired so many people just to never give up, to live in the moment, to keep fighting, no matter what your challenges are. It doesn't have to be life and death. It could just be everyday, ordinary stuff that. Is getting you down
0: she's something I want to ask you uh, just about how we can how listeners can help raise awareness the the cure starts now foundation I know you're still active with and and working with
1: so in a year and a half we raised 2.2 million dollars under Lauren's name and it's still not enough to get the job done I wish I could say we had a cure but we don't have it yet we understand more than we ever did before and that part's promising but Unfortunately, there's still a lot of work to do, and people can go out and donate in Lauren's honor by going out to layup4, the number four, lauren.org.
0: Well, thank you, Lisa. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you today. I encourage all the listeners to visit layup4, the number four, lauren.org. And Lauren
1: would say no amount is too big or too small. So whether it's only $2, $22, so that's, that's fine. Every dollar helps.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And
1: also, I don't know, pay attention, if you go out to the website, too, there's a lot of local events because we have 28 chapters across the United States. So there's a lot of races and things like that, that if you want to participate in an event, that, that also counts. And just keep spreading the word and awareness. It's equally as important.
0: Absolutely. Well, we hope this interview will do just that. And, again, it is layups, the number four lauren layups for lauren.org so thank you again lisa it has been such a pleasure talking to you and
1: thank you i appreciate it
0: well this has been an episode of WSFI's sports and faith until next time from all of us here at wsfi 88.5 fm catholic radio i'm bill snyder god bless for more information about sports and faith visit wsfiradio.org